Imagine this. You're blissfully pregnant, holding hands with your significant other as you walk into your ordinary OB anatomy scan ultrasound. You wait to hear the heartbeat. You can't wait to see their little fingers and toes and take pictures of the screen and share a picture of your precious baby on the inside with the outside world. And then the MD mutters these words. I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. It is in this moment that the world seemingly halts all around you. How can it be? How can this precious miracle that you've been nurturing and fostering and swelling your love for be gone? Just like that. You had your heart and dreams set on life with this baby, here with you and in your family and in your moments. It's in that moment that life takes this unexpected turn to a different chapter than what you had planned out for. And it is not easy. It's heartbreaking. It's rawness that no one can describe or understand or take away. And for those that understand this loss, no explanation is needed. And for those that don't know, no explanation is really possible. It seems absolutely unfathomable. Your world is torn apart and life is shattered as you know it. And then these feelings start rushing in, anger and tears and frustration, shame and guilt that it might be your fault. And a deep bellowing sadness rushes into your heart. And at the same time, you still have this deep love for this child, love for a child that was and still is in your life. I'm Jessica Dorrington. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist who specializes in pre, peri, and postpartum care. And I've had to hold space for patients having gone through this loss far more often than any of us realize. And I'm also the mother of four. Our story is one that so many families endure. We had a blissful first pregnancy and a healthy baby boy. Our second child, our daughter, Abigail Genevieve, we got pregnant right away. But at almost 23 weeks, we heard those same words. Well, I have to say grief and sorrow were absolutely unbearable at times. We quickly saw how short her presence on this earth blessed us beyond measure. And for me, it was to be present with the ones that we love. We have chosen to embrace her. We've chosen to keep her story alive and part of our family daily talk. Our kids know they are one in four. They know we have two in heaven and two here on earth. And she is part of our normal daily life, not because of grief, but because of joy, happiness, and love. Our children are learning that the best things in life aren't things, but rather the deep relationships around you, all because of her short presence. Not a day goes by that I don't ponder what she might have been doing, how she would have looked in a tutu or be wrinkling her nose at her brothers in disgust. You wonder how she would be growing and how she would get along with her brothers. Some days sneak up on me, and out of nowhere the tears will still find their way. But they are tears from love. Our story continued in uncharted waters, and after our stillbirth, was given a simple answer of, I'm sorry, nature screwed up, but you'll have a healthy pregnancy after this. But then life 
had different plans. Our second loss was a blighted ovum, a miscarriage that left us doubting. The fear of uncertainty, the loss of control, and the pain just deepened. But immediately, it gave me a sense of peace that now I could relate truly at the heart and the deepest level with all of my patients. It made me realize that no matter what loss, no matter what time loss or continuum that we lose our children, it's still the same loss. It's the same loss of hopes and dreams of our children gone too soon. Because we all have a unique story, but it's the same loss. And it was when I hit rock bottom in our grief that I heard God's voice the loudest. I started journaling my devotions, mostly from the fabulous Sarah Young. I think I might have a fan crush on her. Um, But we would just... uh, They would be the messages that I needed for the day. Our church messages would resonate that only God could have planted at the right time in the right moment. And then I truly listened. I listened with all of my heart. And for the first time in my life, I felt more connected to God than I had in my entire lifetime of Christianity. Each chapter, I saw lessons amidst the turmoil, virtues strengthened among our journey, and my faith became my prevailing comfort in good times and in bad. But each chapter of our story and our journey helped us to see faith, peace, trust, and hope. It resulted in a beautiful love story for both our heavenly children and our heavenly father. And I went from an incognito Christian to publishing a faith-based book to help others navigate through their loss. And even as I neared towards the end of publishing, I wanted to hide under an alias, but I knew I needed to be vulnerable and expose myself for our Heavenly Father. I used to be one that wouldn't even say more than I had a Sunday routine to my friends, and I'd worship in silence. Now, I'm publishing a book, I got baptized, and I'm shouting from the mountaintops to find Christ in the stillness of loss. Well, let me say... It has taken me eight years to publish. After our loss and I journaled and read and reflected, I didn't want to deflect my feelings or deny her existence, and I wanted to write a story that exemplified her positive presence in my life. I think each parent ultimately wants their child to not be forgotten and their little life to have meaning and purpose. And really early on, the chapters just fell into place. I realized that God was the author and I only got to edit But I wasn't sure if I was writing the book for my own healing or if I really wanted to be vulnerable and expose myself with it. So I finished the book seven years ago, and then I sat with it. But it kept tugging on my heartstrings. Each year as my heart healed, I still felt the need to publish it, not for my own healing anymore, but for others. Because I want others to be able to sum up their precious little one's chapter in their lives, finding Christ at the center. So the book is called Release the Doves, and here is why. Rewind to our precious time when we had just lost Abigail Genevieve. Three days after, we ventured to the beach. Amidst the gale force winds, downpours of rain, we walked on the beach, barely being able to walk against the strong winds. But in there, we found 30 full sand dollars. 
Each time I've been to the beach over the years, I've always found full sand dollars. And if anybody's from the Oregon coast, you know this is a rarity on our coast. Then when I finally got the publisher's acceptance, I still wasn't sure if I wanted to publish. And we went to the beach for the day. And there I found 70 small, tiny sand dollars, no bigger than the size of the end of my pinky. I decided it was a little symbol that it was time. I want to read you the poem of the legend of the sand dollar so you can understand its importance. The legend of the sand dollar. There's a little lovely legend that I would like to tell of the birth and death of Jesus found in this lowly shell. If you examine closely, you'll see that you find here four nail holes and a fifth one made by a Roman spear. On one side, the Easter lily, its center is the star that appeared unto the shepherds and led them from afar. The Christmas poinsettia etched on the other side reminds us of his birthday, our happy Christmas tide. Now break the center open and here you will release the five white doves awaiting to spread goodwill and peace. The simple little symbol Christ left for you and me to help us spread his gospel through all eternity. If you look at the attachment that was sent with this, you will see all of these markings so intricate in such a delicate piece of our nature. It's spreading goodwill and peace. I hope that this book gives families peace that surpasses understanding because we can only find that peace through Christ. No answer or medical reason of our loss will do that. In the book, you hear our story, but our story is not the important one. Our story is just a conduit for the reader to have a relatable story. The book has hundreds of open-ended questions for the reader to write their own journey and see how their child's short presence can bless them presently. So when Tara asked me to speak, I prayed about how to have God show up in this message. And my gift to you today is not to help you and tell you how to navigate grief and loss. It is such an individual experience. But my gift today is a message to enrich the understanding of those around you. This is a message not for the people who have gone through stillbirth and miscarriage, but this message is for uh, those of us who have gone through loss to share with people around us. It's a gift to the people who haven't gone through stillbirth and miscarriage to know what it's like. It's to help each person feel supported and to say the things that sometimes we just don't know how to ask for, because sometimes it's hard to speak up on how to best support us, even as the years go on. So I hope you share this with anyone you feel might be needing support from, or if you haven't experienced the loss we listed above, we hope that you might find clarity on how to walk alongside those you love going through this loss, because it does feel so lonely, especially when so many of your friends are celebrating marriages, they're growing their family, and they're delighting in so many joyous times of their lives. There are so many wonderful resources, and we just hope this gives you a glimpse of how to support. So the first step, everyone has a different grief process. Acknowledge this, make an open space for it. And if we're further along in our grief process, that's wonderful. 
walk alongside us. Realize our grief is going to take a different shape from moment to moment. Some moments will be filled with anger and sorrow and numbness and pain, and some will be filled with joy and peace. And sometimes the loss is so great that we cannot open our hearts to the grief yet. We need to protect our hearts until we're ready by not letting the pain in. But it will happen. Just give us space and give us time. Validate our loss before you say I'm sorry for your loss. Many do not comprehend the loss of an unborn child to be so great. However, the difference of a loss that is of a loved one when they die, we can usually reminisce about the memories. A smile can break through the tears when we remember a shared delight or a shared experience. It involves all of our senses. We can see the person smile, hear their laugh, and even smell their sweet scent. We can feel their embrace and we can recall the emotions invoked by special experiences together. But when we go through pregnancy loss, we don't have memories to embrace. It's the loss of those very memories that invoke more of our grief. So asking questions of the positive times of our pregnancy, songs and poems and readings that can help us connect to our positive memories with our child. Sometimes it's a simple symbol like the sand dollar you heard of or butterflies, cardinals, or something meaningful that they continue to see in their journey. Remember that there are no timelines for grief. It's not something we arrive at. It's a process and actually more of a journey that needs a slow and steady pace. Let us cry and weep and mourn because those tears are actually cleansing. And meet us where we are in the grief process. This could be different hour by hour, or day by day. Have compassion when we express fear or of the uncertainty. Loss takes away the bliss of future pregnancies. We will immediately question our ability of our own body to conceive, our own body, body's ability to provide enough for our baby. This can bring shame and guilt, despite any wrongdoing of ourselves, but nonetheless we may choose a path of fear of this happening again. Pregnancy loss is most often out of our control, and the next pregnancy continues to be something we can't control. Help us to choose love over fear for our next pregnancy, to create positive, lasting memories of our 40 weeks of pregnancy, because it will be a challenge. Not just during our current loss, but check in on us on our next pregnancy, too. Let us stay in our emotions without trying to fix or put a positive spin on it. Isn't this one so tough? One of the most difficult things is to know what to say when someone is going through hardship. You may struggle with wanting to fix it for us. You may want to help pull them out of the discomfort and ease the pain with positive words. Many times we also do this just so we don't have to endure the discomfort of the situation. But it's okay to let the situation be uncomfortable. It's all part of the healing process. We may struggle with things like hearing, God only gives you as much as you can handle. You're stronger than you think. Or at least you have one child. Or at least you know you can get pregnant. These comments invalidate our children, our loss, and our feelings. Help us find rest. 
Help us to tune out all the negative self-talk in our minds because it is going a million miles an hour. Help us to rest both our physical body, our soul, and our mind. Grief is a whole body, all-encompassing experience. This is especially important for our partner as well. Our partner will often work tirelessly, suppressing their own emotions to give us as a grieving mother time and space to heal, but they need it too. And they often won't express their needs as they are labeled the supporter and may feel selfish because they did not need physical healing. Give us the space to be raw, to talk, and just listen. We may seem strong, but we just want someone to take the weight and tell us everything is going to be okay. Many of us like to keep our thoughts and feelings inside, and research shows that we expressively talk about things. It is helpful in our management of grief and trauma. And if we're not wanting to be vulnerable enough to verbally process, often encouraging expressive writing, which is what Release the Dove's book does, creates an opportunity to do so without judgment by someone listening or having them write a letter to their child. Physical and emotional healing take time. With space, they both mend. At eight weeks pregnant, though, we are 85% hormonally ready to give birth. I think that's just incredible and amazing. This means that with any loss, even an early miscarriage, there's this crash of hormone changes that also accompany our loss. Depending on our body, our body may be trying to continue to produce milk, which can be a grieving process with each time our chest aches as much as our empty arms and our empty hearts. And time is the wisest counselor of grief. So ask if we named our child. If we chose that was right for us, say our child's name often. We don't want our child to be forgotten, even in years to come. And while time may be the wisest counselor, Time will bring back waves of challenges in the grief process. Baby showers of others may continue to be hard for us. We will have barometers around us that remind us of our children, such as other children born around the same time, maybe even some certain places and events. And one of the hardest parts is not seeing them grow up at all. We will wonder how they would have played with other children. We might wonder what they look like now. And even wonder how they might have looked as they walk down the aisle in years to come. Show up and tell us how you will help. When going through loss, empty offerings of, let me know if you need anything, or I'll be here if you want to talk, will often go untaken. Going through loss feels hard to burden those around you. You often see others celebrating joyous moments knowing others have good things happening in their life, and we don't want to lean. Lean, Learning to lean is a hard lesson in life, both on friends and in God, especially as women are taught to be so tough and our supporting partners are trying to be tough for us. So check in with our significant other. Bring food and drop it off. Start a load of laundry if you come over. If we do have other children, Show up and take our other children to the park or zoo for a while. These places can be difficult to go to after loss. Drive us to an upcoming doctor appointment so we don't have to go it alone. 
and just bring over a special food or beverage and create a space for us to sit and talk and laugh or just be together in silence reading books and watching a movie. Help us to identify outside of our parenthood. From the moment we desire a baby, we wrap our identity in so much more around parenthood of being a mother or a father. We're still parents even after the loss, but our identity is so much more than being a parent. Help us to see our identity in just being loved and that we are enough. Help us to realize that we have our identity in Christ and nothing will change that. Help us to reflect and be formed by our loss. Every life event changes us. What stresses us has the opportunity to bless us. Slowly, each day will change our hearts. Help us to see how it has shaped us positively. Be patient with our hesitancy to jump back in. That can include jumping back into social gatherings. Simple gatherings can include friends, of course, celebrating their own pregnancies. Children might be being doted over. And memories are being made with children and families in simple spaces like parks, churches, work and family gatherings. This is an ultimate reminder for us of the one thing that we've longed for. Ask about each new chapter as they unfold. Ask if we want to share about our plans for conception. Ask if our body has returned to normal. Ask if we're ready to try again. These can seem awkward at first, but remember, someone who barely knows me off the street might see my ring on my hand and ask these questions already. Honor the tides of each month. If we choose or are able to conceive again, conception brings times that are like tides of the sea. There may be a period of inspiration and hope and excitement followed by disappointment and loss of dreams each month. So just give us grace during these times. Embrace our weathered roots. It's important to realize that this loss will change us. This loss will impact us because all children impact us, whether they are here or only in our hearts. We need to not wait for us to return to our normal selves because every life experience molds and transforms us. Seek the beauty in our weathered roots and share with us how you see our child positively influenced our lives. This brings meaning to our child. Help us to create memories. Traditions and rituals and meaningful experiences can create positive presence of our children even after they're gone. This may may be lighting candles, visiting a special place, releasing butterflies, having a birthday party, writing love letters to our child each year. Help us to find a creative outlet to embrace our child regularly. Know the sorrow behind the smile, the love behind the anger, and the reason behind the silence. If you really walk deeply with us, you will know when something is hard. Empathetically look at each surrounding experience, and even a small gesture will help us to know we are understood and validated in our journey. A wink, a soft smile, a kiss blown across from the room can help fill the room with abounding love to help us navigate through some really tough situations that spark memory of our loss. 
And when grief strikes again with all of its rawness, remember it's because love is still there. Days that may include maybe Mother's Day, Father's Day, holidays, Infant Loss Awareness Month, which is in October, the original due date, and the day their baby left far too soon. This is often called the stillbirth day or the angelversary. Even just a text on those days brings a reminder that someone remembers. If you're looking some, for some great gift ideas, they might include tulips or bulbs or flowers that would return yearly. This is a nice way to, as a reminder to show that someone cares and someone loves. Wind chimes. These are one of my favorite gifts we received. They're a beautiful sound, and as the wind blows through them or my kids run by and they bang them together, they yell, Hi, baby Abigail! A tree that they can watch grow in their yard. They can take family pictures in front of it and see as the tree grows, much like their child would have. A rock or monument for their yard. A journal. Books that they can relate to and help them navigate their own stories. Flowers on any of the days above that might be a challenge, especially their first angelversary or still birthday. A charitable donation in their children's honor. A star for their child. An angel tree topper. Our baby was sent home in a gown, and they gave me an extra one to make an angel tree topper at the hospital. A Christmas tree stocking. Ours is small. It has our child's name embroidered on the front, and it has created one of the best traditions because Santa Claus brings a monetary donation, and my kids know that Santa left that money and that they have to take that money and give it to someone in need. An ornament, jewelry that can help them express outwardly their loss and memory. Lastly, help us to see a bigger love that will shine in the sorrow. We may first be angry with God. It's easy to lean on God in the good times, but it is more difficult during the hard times. Sometimes we may question why a God may be so cruel, and others will sink in and see the Son of Christ shining amidst all of the darkness. Hold space for us and gently guide us. So to everyone... This chapter of life does seem unfathomable when it happens. Your world is torn apart and life is shattered in a moment. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be darn right ticked off at the world. And at the same time, it's okay to love this child deeply. Love this child for who they were and still are in your life. It's okay to acknowledge both your heartache and your full heart at the same time. Because both resonate volumes. The grief process, it's long and arduous. Give yourself and others grace and know that everyone's timeline and journey is different than yours. And you are loved by our Heavenly Father. Over time, the grief will change. Life will seem joyous again and eventually you'll sum this time in your life into a few short sentences, just as you heard me in the beginning do. God is the author, but you can choose and edit how you want to ultimately tell the story of your child's life. So while it's a short love story, I hope you write it well. 
You can follow my professional work at releasethedovesbook.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook under the handle names of releasethedovesbook. That's a mouthful. Or you can contact me at jessica at releasethedovesbook.com. Thanks for joining and I hope you journey well.